with David Ian and Kate Dale. The show that plums the depths of mediocrity, celebrates the ordinary, and enjoys the everyday. Hi everyone, welcome to Mediocre Gay, the podcast. The show where we talk about things that we think are extraordinary, but everyone else thinks are ordinary. My name's David Ian. And I'm Kate Dale. And as you'll hear, we are the absolute experts in mediocrity. Some would say we live it every day. Uh, And over the coming weeks, we're going to be talking to not just us, you'll be glad to know, but other people and some fantastic guests about what they find to be utterly wonderful that maybe hasn't been appreciated as much as it should be. Uh, but David, the starting point for this is as a real extension of the show that recently had a sellout run in Camden. Nothing mediocre about that, but was called Mediocre Gay. So can you tell us a bit about where that came from? Yeah, so Mediocre Gay was my debut stand-up, stand-up show. Uh, we did it at the Camden Fringe. Um, so the show really came from the first joke that I ever wrote, which was about being a mediocre gay, because I think mediocre gay is a bit of an oxymoron. Everyone always thinks that gay men are like really fashionable or really cool or really big personalities and that's not how I see myself no you're shaking your head because (laughs) you know that's not the case Uh, and I've always thought of myself as quite mediocre and I don't think that like that's necessarily what you think of when you think of gay people so I wrote a joke about that and then kind of like built it into the show and one of the things that really struck me when I was doing a lot of promo for the show is that nobody was really talking to me about like the gay message everybody was always talking to me about the mediocre message Everyone was always like, oh, I really identify with being mediocre, which I found difficult because none of the people that came up to me and said that other than you did I think were <laughs> mediocre. Um, so, yeah, like it was really it was really interesting when there was um, like really attractive men, for example, would come up to me and be like, oh, yeah, I feel really mediocre. And it just it didn't work for me. So I found it really interesting. Uh, I wrote the show about it, got a really good response. And I thought it'd be really nice talking with you to explore what we thought mediocre meant. Um, And I've really been thinking about it and I've realised that maybe the reason why I would describe myself as mediocre, it's really early on to go deep, but... um, (laughs) Never too early early to go deep. Um, I wonder if it's to do with setting low expectations. So I really wonder if like the thing about mediocrity is setting like achievable expectations and then when you really love something that's mediocre I kind of feel like maybe it's because it managed to meet or exceed those expectations so I feel like me describing myself as the mediocre gay is just trying to like control everybody's expectations on me and still failing to hit them probably I mean you are ridiculous and this whole show is not going to be about me just blowing smoke at you because that would be tedious for all involved but you are ridiculous because you're saying that you wrote a one-man show you sold out you I was in the, I was in the, I was was there when I was part of it at the beginning, but I saw people laughing. I saw them, saw some people crying. I could feel that change in the room when you went from the really funny bits and we've made it sound like some sort of TED talk and it's not, it's funny. Um, (laughs) Come and see, it's really good. It's touring around the country. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that change in the room. So there was nothing mediocre about it, but Mm. then here you talk about it there. And I think, and that's not me just uh, blowing smoke at you. That's, I think for me, a reflection of the fact that a frightening number of us probably feel mediocre and yeah. let that limit our appreciation and enjoyment of life. This is getting really worthy. Isn't it? But the thing is, though, it's not um, 
that's the thing I think about mediocre is it's your perception of it, isn't it? So that is how I see myself, but maybe that isn't how one or two people see me. Which is why I'm sitting there saying, I think you're really good. Just sounds ridiculous. Sounds like that voice I just did in your head, probably. Yeah. Um, It doesn't help. It doesn't help. And I think that's the thing, like all the things when you talk to people and when you love something that is mediocre, it's more how you think everybody else sees it than maybe how it necessarily is. Oh, and so much of it comes back to our good old friend, shame and guilt, doesn't it? Mm. Brene Brown is going to get brought up a lot over this series. Folks, Brene Brown is a shame and vulnerability researcher who should all go and have a look up online. Um, And she's got loads of information and loads of research about all this kind of thing. Um, But one thing she really talks about is celebrating the everyday, um, just the ordinary and like not trying to spend your whole life chasing really massive things because the really special things are just your day to day you know, getting a text from someone you love or, you know, just spending some time with someone as opposed to big, like, holidays and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to imagine getting a text from somebody I love because that would be a nice step forward in my life. But anyway, there you go. there's no time for that. No time for (laughs) that. No time. So what do you think mediocre is? Well, that's why I was putting on my glasses of nerd because... It's going to get serious now. Yeah. No, I just I did some actual work for this, which might surprise you because the first time for anything. um, And I am a bit of a nerd and not a sort of reclaimed cool... Postmodern, no, just like an nerd. original nerd. Just like an original yeah. nerd. I had national health classes in the 70s and twin track, train track races. That's why nobody's texting you. That's why no one's you. texting me and that's why I'm doing a podcast. Um, so so I did some research. Etymology. I love a bit of et- etymology. This is me trying to get all Susie Dent on you. Well, just can you, for, for the more <laughs> stupid amongst us. <laughs> well, I'm hoping I've got the right word and I haven't got confused. Oh my God, I'd love insects. it if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know you would, but then the beauty of this podcast... I was hoping my use of oxymoron would be the most intelligent thing that well, happened today, but apparently not. Go on. There's something very oxymoronic about you saying that, or was it just mm. moronic? I'm not quite sure. Okay. Anyway, do you want to know Go on. the first... Recorded use of the word mediocre in the English language. I guess. It'd be yes. a really short podcast if I didn't. Right. Well, it was in 1586 in a book called The English Secretary. And it is a means a mean... Oh, I've got to get this right. I mean, to my own writing, actually, which is even worse than mediocre. So a mean betwixt high and low, vehement and slender, too much and too little. So it's bang in the middle. And yet there's something about the word mediocre that we've chosen to yeah, mean really, really, really bad. bad. Yeah. But it's actually, it's average, it's in the middle. And another usage of it, and this feels really relevant, I was... This, the glasses on and glasses off is dramatic. I am dramatic, David. Um, another example I found used, there was somewhere that described it as being, um, oh, the Macmillan Dictionary described it as being, could be much better with a little more effort, which is why I did my research. So Just that you weren't mediocre, and yeah, yet... I still am. But more interestingly, it was also used by Oscar Wilde, who feels like a very good person to be quoting mm, in a podcast. Yeah, thank you. Just in case anyone wasn't aware, he is of the homosexual variety. Um, in a description, an absolutely beautiful description of a dinner party in Dorian Gray. And the descriptions of the people are incredible, actually. Um, this is an aside, but he describes one woman as being a perfect saint, but she dressed so dowdily, she looked like a dreadfully dowdily, sorry, dreadfully dowdily, can't even speak, she dressed dreadfully dowdy. So she looked like a badly bound hymnal book. I just love that. Anyway. I'm just going to nod and pretend that I know what any of that meant. Okay. Anyway, it's very good. Anyway, he also describes a dinner party guest as being a most intelligent middle-aged mediocrity, as bald as a ministerial statement in the House of Commons. And I just love that. So the idea of being a, a middle-aged mediocrity, I think, really speaks to me. Today. So what I'm hearing from that is that when I describe myself as mediocre... <laughs> I'm <laughs> either cool. I'm at a dinner party or I'm in the House of Commons. You had a dinner party being described by Oscar Wilde. Oh, that makes it okay. Then. 
but I have a feeling this is got slightly tangled up and convoluted. But I think there's something about the fact of Oscar Wilde using it as an insult and to denigrate and to put down, obviously, the absolute yeah. king of epigrams and wittiest person of all time. Um, I think speaks to something of why I think in the context of talking being gay or being queer, it's one of the worst insults that we can have is to be ordinary, to be dull, oh, to be see, you know, a while to get to the point, but when you got there. Sometimes, David, it's about the journey and not the destination. Mm, okay. Okay, good. Well, there you go. So, with that in mind, mm. <laughs> journey is not destinations. Um, and I'm sure there's a foreplay joke there, but far too early for such things. Uh, can you tell me about something that you think is maybe perceived to be mediocre, but you secretly oh, or not so secretly well, love? So, when I was thinking about this, because I did a bit of prep as well, although significantly less. Basically, I spent two minutes thinking. Um, I realise this is going to be embarrassing to like by definition, isn't yes. it? I mean, obviously, I've already told the world I'm mediocre, so that feels like a cop out if I'm like, oh, so we already know that. Um, so the mediocre thing that I secretly love, but that I know it's not even that everyone else thinks it's mediocre; it really is mediocre. I'm very embarrassed to say this, which is why I'm delaying it. Is the Just spit it out, David? Mainstream chain restaurant Frankie and Benny's. <laughs> I know, I know. So let me explain. Me too. <laughs> There's only certain circumstances. Um, but basically, before I lived in London, when I lived in Kent, I, w one of my like favourite mediocre evenings to do with my ex was to go and watch a really shocking film at the local cinema and before that, go and have a really basic Frankie and Benny's dinner. And let me explain why. Can I ask a, a question? Shockingly good film or shockingly bad film? Just or... like shockingly bad, just like just something terrible, it's a really. Rom-com cheese fest, something yeah, like that. Yeah, like something rubbish that you don't have to pay any attention to. It needs to be around about 90 minutes. I don't really want to go and see anything longer than that. that I don't have to pay any attention to, really. But it's kind of got you out of the house and you've done something and it's all like very like commit. Which I feel like is the same thing for Frank and Medis. It's like the food is shit. The atmosphere is shit. The service is shit. The concept is terrible. But, oh my God, do you think we'll get sued? Well, I was going to say, David, this is awkward because as a surprise guest for you on this show, <laughs> Mr. Frankie and Mr. Benny. <laughs> but the thing is, I feel like this thing about like when it all comes together, because I'm going with really low expectations, it like pretty much manages to hit those low expectations. It's really basic. It doesn't need, like I don't have to try. I can just glance at the menu and have something mediocre and it's and I actually like really enjoy and what's really odd is when I was thinking this I was like oh my god when I'm in America which makes it sound like it's something I do all the time when I'm working in America um the equivalent is Denny's and I love it there as well like it's also so, mediocre and there's just something basic and yeah it speaks to the basic side of me which is as opposed to being a side is all of me and can you give me your favorite dish on the menu Oh, I've no. never been. I don't think I, like, I haven't been for a couple of years actually, so I have no idea what's on the menu, but it would be some sort of basic. Sort of cheese and grease. Yeah, like I think from what I remember, they do like really stodgy pasta, some fairly poor pizzas, burgers, and sandwiches. Honestly, I think whoever owns Frankie and Bainey's is going to listen to this and sue us now. Um, but I'm saying I love it. Underwrites it. Like, well, they're going to have to give you three meals so that you can go and test it and then do yeah. a revise of it. Like, a, like Nando's did a black card. Yeah. Maybe Frankie and Bainey's could do a. What color would Frankie and yeah, a beige card. Amazing. <laughs> like the food. Oh my God, it's beige. Yeah, the food is beige. Um, and they play like the same four songs, like to create it. And the thing is, there isn't a Mr. Frankie and Benny's. I read once that um, 
because I do tend to fall down a bit of a Wikipedia hole. And I remember a few years ago, <laughs> I fell down a Wikipedia hole about it. And the whole Frank and Benny's thing is just made up and doesn't really exist. And it's just a British <gasps> invention. Us all along. Yeah, it's just a British invention. They've got like these heads of Frankie and Benny that are in the, you know, like made out of stone cast heads. And they're um, all like, it's all pretend. You'll be telling me next that Colonel Sanders doesn't uh, exist. Colonel Sanders did exist. I didn't know that. Yeah. You probably know the five secret ingredients or whatever it is. Isn't it? Like, anyway, we're getting distracted. Yeah. Um, we, <laughs> we could do a separate food podcast. But yeah, so I think that fits really well because I think most people are like, oh my God. And if somebody's like, where do you want to go for dinner? I could never be like, oh, Frankie and Benny's. I could only do that with somebody I was sleeping with and we'd been together a while, but I didn't care what they thought of me. So someone you're giving up on, basically. <gasps> Kate. <laughs> No, I never gave up on him. Oh my god! <laughs> With apologies to God, this is going to be a long lawsuit. Wow. Uh, no, but like just somebody who comfortable with slippers. Yeah, slippers. Person. Yeah, like some, and also who you were on the same page with that kind of thing. I, I think he kind of liked us. Well, we weren't have a plate. We didn't go there all the time. It's just very occasionally. You're well, like, was it oh, Valentine's Day night special no, treat? No. See, that's the thing. Like you'd never asked together for a birthday or anything. Anyway, what do you think is mediocre? No, what do you love that everyone else thinks is mediocre? Oh, well, you're going to be able to get your own back now because but I don't just think this is rubbish. I think this is secretly genius. Um, and it's uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber's roller skating musical, Starlight Express. See, I can't easily get my own back because I've not seen it. So I don't know if that makes it mediocre or me mediocre. Well, I think that latter is in no doubt David but it doesn't mean that you couldn't both be however I don't think Starlight Express is because okay it's got trains and train sets they actually when I went to okay I grew up in Carlisle you're not really selling it to me I know listen I grew up in Carlisle we didn't really have theatre we had a city hall where the local tv station would put on a pantomime and that was the theatre we had so culturally deprived yeah culturally deprived came down to London uh Mid, mid 80s and saw it they had actually changed the whole theatre it's where Wicked is now Polo Victoria opposite an actual train station how meta is that it and it was incredible. immersive theatre mm. before immersive theatre was a thing they had trains running around the outside of it you went in you sat in the stalls and, the outside of the theatre yeah they had little trains yeah. running around the top of it and all through the foyer so and the like, people were all on roller skates right yeah, look, I'm, I'm asking a question yes I know it's going to be like this the whole series folks <laughs> And then in the inside, if you're in the stalls, the stage extended round and they layered, they lowered um, like level crossings. And so that when they people were on skates, they, they and they did races because it was all about racing on as trains. They came all around the auditorium around you. So that was really thrilling. Why are you looking at me like that? I don't know. I'm just wondering if you know the definition of the word thrilling. We're just starting, David. <laughs> David. And then <laughs> and then people laughed at the lyrics because it's got lyrics like Freight is great, which I appreciate does not sound like Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> and you're very lucky that I'm not singing this and I'm not guaranteeing to get to the end of this without me starting to sing it. But the whole point of the Freight is great song is that they were like real muscle head, whatever, freight trains. So the fact that it was a stupid lyric tied in beautifully with the character development. It was I'm not doing a very good job of this. Catchy tunes is a fantastic pastiche of divorce, that D-I-V-O-R-C-E song, U-N-C-O-U-P-L-E-D. It has hope, it had dreams. It was about underdogs coming in and taking over. So it's primed it's quite... for a revival is what you're telling oh, me. Oh, well, I'm glad you asked me that, David. Oh, God, because there is back. a German version, which is on, they've built a special theatre, a bit like Abba Voyage here, uh -huh. but in Germany, there's a specially built arena <laughs> where it's on all the time in German and the German lyrics are even better. It's like, Fast is gut or something like that. I don't right. think that's entirely true, but something like that, where the trains are and the people on the trains and they are on roller skates are so all around it. And it's on 365 days a year, apart from Christmas Day, I think. 
So I'm going to combine that with the Christmas market this December and I cannot wait. And it's brilliant, honestly. Okay. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I love musical theatre, but musicals are kind of But ridiculous. when did it finish? Like, I'm too young for it, right? I don't think I would have seen it. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> Surely that's why I've not seen it. I saw a lot of I don't of think you love musical theatre. Um, oh, it ran for, it's something like, it's in the top 10 longest running musicals in the West End. When did it finish? I can't actually remember that day, but it keeps being revived and come back. It is slightly problematic. There's a, a smoking car, which you can't have now. There's quite a lot of sexism. In the original, all the engines are men and all the carriages, apart from the freight trains, are women. <laughs> and they do a song about who whistled at me, which is probably not going to stand up well. Right. It hasn't necessarily aged well, but then neither but have I. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So that is my uh, entry into the lounge of mediocrity, which I like to believe that we are constructing. Well, speaking of which, we've booked the least mediocre studio going. I know it's not very on brand, is it? But I quite like it. Yeah, it looks great. Okay, so um, I think we've done a nice introduction. I think everybody out in the podcast world gets to understand what we're talking about. So next time, we are going to have a guest that will impart some knowledge on what they love, but they think is mediocre. And we'll do some more of this. Fantastic. I can't wait to hear. So in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram. I'm at Mr. David Ian. And I'm at KTS Dale. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Mediocre Gay, the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps other people find the show. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Mediocre Gay Pod. Or share your mediocre secrets with us on MediocreGayPod at gmail.com.